0: Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes, thanks for joining me. A Couple of things I wanna talk about this time. Housing and consumer spending, and I need to spend a little time on the banks, both federal and local. Quick look at the numbers, tiny rally in the bond market, mostly stabilizing where the mortgages are and they're back down below three, though from a practical standpoint, you really can't get one at three, but. The market is normalizing. It's normalizing faster than we thought. Still a lot of discussion about inflation, we'll get to that in a minute, but normalizing in places like spending, so on and so forth. Now, official announcement out of Niebuhr. Yes, we had a very short, fast recession when the lights went out, showed us in history. We've had some long ones, some medium ones, but the February 2020 is over. Spending is returning to normalcy. You're going to hear in the media, spending is slowing, so on and so forth. Well, spending was recovering the last 12 months. It is recovered in some respects. It is now going back to its trend norm, like 2% growth over the years, like it has been. It's not changing. There's not a lot of things for people to spend money on right now. And they have the money for the most part. They're just not doing it. Initially, houses are back. The price of homes, statistically, looking at the Case-Shiller here, back to where they were 2005, 2006, before the Great Recession and the dramatic reboot of the real estate market. Prices are up there. Granted, the difference is there's about a quarter of the amount of debt associated with these values anymore. Most of the real estate deals are still all cash, not that many new mortgages, and the new mortgage applications are like three, three and a quarter, that kind of stuff, 300, 325000 uh, Most of the real estate deals are much higher than that, very little debt. So the prices are back up. The economic environment in which they are surviving right now, vastly different from it was in 2008. Inflation is an issue. Most of the things that we see in the inflation numbers right now aren't going to last very much longer. Some are going to last forever. Minimum wage. Uh, A few other adjustments to how the labor market has shifted since the lights went out. But the big one here, you look at the blue, it's housing, and we've talked about this before. The federal limitation on evictions will very likely expire at the end of this month. California and New York have their own state limitations on evictions, and there's been some federal money spread around to all the states, about $47 billion, to help that. There isn't a lot of mention yet about how that rent that didn't get paid is going to be paid, if it's going to be paid. I'm still in the camp that thinks that the government is going to pay that rent in arrears. We don't know yet. But theoretically, the evictions on the federal level are starting here at the end of the month. That is going to skew the housing part of the CPI for six months. When rent payments start again, and they will start again, that's going to skew the CPI numbers for the next probably 12 months. That will normalize. There isn't new, much more expensive rent on the horizon it will be a little more, minimum wages more. It's amazing how that creeps up. A lot of the other things, gasoline, processed food, restaurants, market's gonna adjust that stuff. Airplane seats, market's gonna adjust that stuff. Housing, it's not going to collapse or have a major shrinkage, it's going to adjust. So again, long-term CPI, It's going to be back down to where it was probably this time next year. The pressures are abating already. Forbearance on mortgages. Well, a lot of these people, if you notice the trend is continuing to be down, a lot of these people have realized, well, I didn't make some mortgage payments and I had a reason, I had permission to not do it, but that doesn't mean the lender's happy. Uh, Some of these problems are being resolved if they can't catch up and the lender's going, well, you need to catch up or you need to sell that house. That has not been a problem since most of these houses are worth more than they were when they were purchased. A lot of these lenders aren't having problems. Interestingly enough, it's the same thing with repossessed cars. Certainly new ones, but in the last couple of years, they're worth more than they were when they were purchased. So if you haven't been making payments for whatever reason and walk away from it, it's not having much of an impact either side. People are coming out whole. Lenders are coming out whole. And it's not having a big impact on the old credit numbers. Okay. Manufacturing. A couple of questions on manufacturing. The blue line here is basically manufacturing production. It took a little dip when the lights went out. It has mostly recovered. It is coming back. few labor problems. The drama here, and it's always the drama, is automotive. They shut down, or they can't get their employees, or they can't get their chips, or whatever it is, whoomph, huge changes in their production. Uh, Some would say that's sort of a weakness in the industry, how the industry's set up, fine, it doesn't really matter. They are now slowing down when they have a great market out there because they don't have enough electronics. We'll see whether they resolve that. That's sort of end of the year, or that will get considerably worse. But U.S. production of just about everything is almost back to where it was. It's still supply-side problems. Federal government, those of you that have figured out that you're now paying more taxes, you're paying taxes at a 2021 rate, uh, yes, federal government has dropped some of its expenditures. It has picked up its revenues. It's going to normalize this, and this is going to take about four years. Uh, don't quote me on that. We have no idea really where the administration or the next administration is going to go with this, but this particular spread can't stay where it is. They're going to have to resolve fixing rent, foreclosures, more stimulus. The infrastructure bill, last time I noticed this morning, it was at $580 billion, no agreement yet. We have no idea where that's going to go either. But this thing, the difference between receipts and expenditures is gonna have to normalize. Couple of questions on banks, and I'm gonna do both the banks. And let's start with the important one, the Federal Reserve. Yes, everybody knows they've been helping the economy. They've been adding to their assets, and here we are now, we're a little over $8 trillion in assets. And those assets are loans that the Federal Reserve has purchased. Mostly mortgages, but a lot of asset backs, credit cards, all kinds of things. The Fed has been buying everything from everybody. Whenever a bank originates or a lender originates a loan, the Fed has been buying it. They can't keep this up forever. Now, profits from this, a couple of questions on where do the profits of owning all these assets go? Well, they go to Treasury, which is fine. It's a tiny little slice of the revenue, and it's a little slice, by the way. The Fed is going to have to stop doing this. This is $80 billion a month. Sometime, uh, let's call it within the next 12 months. It's not going to be before there's a new Federal Reserve chairman, and it might be a reappointment of Chairman Powell, but that's going to be resolved politically first before there's three days worth of panic and upset. They call it the taper tantrum. It's really a stupid expression but it is the Federal Reserve adjusting the marketplace back to the marketplace and not have the Fed buy everything. It is inevitable. It's not bad news. They're not gonna ruin the market. They know exactly what the good timing is on this. They just can't keep it up forever. Couple questions on this. Gee, how are banks doing? And we've talked about M2 before. That is cash and time deposits in banks and the velocity of M2, which is how quickly money is going out of one bank into another, meaning a lot of transactions. Neither one of those are moving along at all. There's not a lot of transactions. The fact that a home is sold for a million dollars in California, and one is bought for a million dollars in Idaho, well, it really doesn't have much to do with this number, because that's just a wire transfer. This is what goes in banks and stays in banks. There's $18 trillion in time deposits in banks. The loan ratio here, which is the comparison is, gee, it doesn't look like banks are making a lot of loans because the ratio's down. Well, they're making the usual amount of loans. There's nothing dramatic, but what they have is a lot more money deposited. They have way more money deposited than they are making loans for because they don't have that much demand. It is in fact this economy stashing its money in the bank and those that have money in the bank aren't really spending a lot of it yet. They're spending enough to move the economy forward. We'll have new GDP numbers here in a little while. It's still gonna be six plus. This ratio is very unusual. They're both descending at the same time. It's a lot of money. Not a lot of new loans. Banks are still okay. They're very liquid. This is indicative of how much money there is in the market. And it isn't a liquidity trap. Somebody's going to ask me that. It's not that nothing happens because there's too much cash. Things are moving along just fine. There just happens to be a lot of extra cash on the side. Finally, this is sort of bad news for parts of the western United States. The drought And the water conditions all in the western United States, the darker the color here, is getting worse. Lake Mead is back down where it was in 1934 when they just started filling it. The straw that goes to Phoenix is drying up. This is indicative of what's going to happen to agriculture predominantly in California. Actually, anybody west of Grand Junction, this is going to have an impact on you. Uh, A lot of the issues about how much water does it take to grow a cow, how much water does it take to do this, Uh, it takes a gallon of water to grow an almond, about 18 gallons to grow an avocado. Question is, are you going to have that water? Well, right now, and certainly this time next year, the answer for a lot of them is no. They're going to have to adjust. California has historically gone to the consumer to restrict their use of water. That probably is not going to work this time. California probably needs to point its fingers at agriculture. I don't see any way around it because the water situation is not going to get better with a few rainstorms and a few floods in Colorado. There is no backup. Uh, You can talk about it all you want, but if the water isn't there, yeah, okay. Well, that's all for now. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Questions, send them along to infoshwj.com, and I will see you in a couple of weeks.